You heard me say it, and I believe it wholeheartedly, that if you lead with identity, everything else will follow. But I've had the experience in my work of coming in contact with individuals who want what follows, but aren't willing to lead with identity. It used to bother me and I could not figure out why they did not want to lead with identity. Then it dawned on me that people think that doing identity work means that you're broken. When in fact, it has nothing to do with brokenness and it's not an attempt to fix you. Identity work is about coming in alignment with who you are and not fixing, but honoring who you are and building a brand that is most authentic to who you are. So if you're ready to leave with identity and become a supernormal superstar, visit YourSupernormal.com right now and let's do the work. Hey, what's up, everybody? Listen, if you have not heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. Number one, it's free. Yeah, I got your attention now, right? Number two, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Number three, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Number four, you can make money from your podcast. That's right. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum viewership. Number five, it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So right now, download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor. Dot FM to get started. What's up, everybody? You are listening to the What Now podcast, where we discuss ways of effectively addressing life's most difficult moments. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the What Now podcast. That's right, the What Now podcast, where we discuss positive ways of facing life's most difficult moments. Now, put your quotation marks around that word difficult. Matter of fact, scratch all that. Scratch that word out. Erase it. White it out. Do whatever you have to do. And let's substitute that word with defining or let's replace that word with defining. So we have conversations about effective ways of facing life's most defining moments. And we understand that we call or classify these moments as defining moments now. Why? Because we have the right, the authority, and the responsibility to define those moments in our lives and not allow those moments to define us. All right? So, listen, you're listening today, you're listening tonight, Whenever you're listening, I appreciate you listening. I love each and every one of you. I value your thoughts and opinions. That's why I always open it up for your feedback. You know, you can reach out to me at info at cliftonpattyjohn.com. All right. But for the last few months, the only voice that you have heard on this podcast is mine. Why? Because on Transformation Radio, where we transform lives through purposeful conversations, regardless of how uncomfortable and unpopular those conversations are, 
you know, I invite guests on on a continuous basis to share their transformative story. But what I've decided to do is I want to open up this platform to individuals as well who have what now stories. They've had these defining moments. They're facing these defining moments and they want to share their stories with each and every one of you and maybe share some tools, techniques, and strategies that they've applied that you may be able to apply to your own life. So tonight we start where you don't just hear from me. And I know you guys enjoy my voice. Hey, I love my voice as well, but you're also going to hear from other people. All right. So sit back, relax, and enjoy tonight's interview. Growing up in Taos, Missouri, Jason was raised in a small town with a loving family that gave him every chance to succeed. His parents were supportive and provided everything this 17-year-old could ever want. This is until his life changed forever on May 8, 2003, when his dad unexpectedly passed away by suicide leaving him, his mother, and two younger sisters behind. Through hard work, dedication, and a strong faith in God, he is now a certified teacher and thought coach, an accomplished basketball coach, and elite skills trainer, Amazon best-selling author, and transformational storyteller and speaker. Help me welcome to the show, Jason Holzer. Hey, Jason, how are you today? Hey, how's it going, Cliff? Thanks for having how's me on the going, show, man. Going well. I mean, well, tonight we're recording tonight. I said today. However, I want to thank you for, as I said, being our inaugural guest. This is the first time we've done this, and I believe it's going to be awesome. Man, I'm honored and uh, I'm privileged to be your be your first guest on the show, and uh, you know. Doing a little background on you, I can see this is gonna your podcast is really gonna take off and help out a lot of people. So to be the first one, uh, feels pretty special to be honest. Oh, thank you, thank you. I appreciate that. Now I like to start every well, I look at interviews as conversations, uh, because I believe believe people's lives are impacted most by unscripted conversations. I believe they have get a lot that they can take away from that. So I always like to start with an icebreaker question. Uh, on my radio show, I use, if you had one superpower, if you could have one superpower, what would it be and why? Here, I kind of want to mix it up a little bit. With everything that's going on in the world, I want to ask you, if you could change one thing instantly about our world, what would it be and why? The media. Hmm. And the reason why I say that is because the media programs people so negatively. It gets people so anxious. And we don't hear about the positive stories. I mean, not enough. I mean, it's, it's, you know, too much about ratings. And, and they, and the media knows that negative, negativity attracts ratings. And I just feel like if we could flip that and, and tell more positive stories, and stories of hope, stories of, uh, you know, things that lift people up. That would be that would be the one thing I would take. Yeah, I totally agree with you there because 
I've said it before, you know, you can take any narrative and twist it, change it, pretty it up, doctor it up, do whatever twist, however you want to twist it. And it changes the complete focus of the story. And I see that a lot with the media, especially in a time in the times that we're facing on today. Now, let's take that and relate that to your personal life. What are some things that if seen would appear to be detrimental, but have turned out to be some of the greatest moments of your life as it related to purpose? Yeah, you know, um, whenever I was uh, whenever I was 17, you know, I lost my dad to suicide. And, you know, I've learned, and, and that was, I'm 30, I just turned 35. So that's, I've almost lived um, long, uh, as, as I had my dad, as now I have my dad now. Um, and to see where my life is now, the things that I'm involved with now, the people that are coming into my life now, compared to where I was at 17, you know, I am just, filled with gratitude um you know so there could be i could be in a lot of different places right now honestly um and i could have taken a lot of different routes but uh i'm a man of faith and i believe that you know god put people in my life at the perfect time when i needed them to keep me because i believe he had a he has a purpose for for what i'm supposed to do and so you know i may have lost my dad to suicide but i i didn't lose my joy I didn't lose my my passion for for giving to others and helping other people out. So now I'm just taking my story and trying to flip it to a positive to help as many people as possible. Now, you, you just talked about not losing your joy. How did you not, like through all of that, how did you remain focused? I heard you talk about God putting people in your life during set times of your life. But how do you, even even now, you know, I, I hear a lot of people that talk about losing a loved one uh, from whatever, for whatever reason or, or experience, they've lost them. I know about 13 years ago, my mother passed away and that was a very rough time of my life. And still sometimes it's kind of rough. So how do you remain focused and not lose your joy? you know, having experienced that. Yeah. And, you know, I think joy is different than happiness. You know, you can be joyful, um, but you can still be sad, you know? And I think the one thing that I, that I learned is that you have to allow yourself to um, understand what the purpose of your emotions are. And, you know, some days when you're sad, that's, that's fine. That's okay. That doesn't mean you're, you know, going to, you know, lose your joy you might not have your happiness that day but your joy is, is something that within that and it's almost like positive optimism it's you know it's going to get better even though today might be a tough day you, you just and that's and that's where faith comes in and that's you know where i think you know god over and over again proved himself that you know what i can't promise you that every day is going to be a walk in the park but i can right. promise you that if you trust me you know things will get better now awesome so that that you talked about that experience happening at the age of 17. So I imagine that was right before graduation, right before you were ready to leave for college, other things like that. Now, how did you, right in those moments, keep that fire or keep that passion to continue on as far as with life, you know, instantly once that happened? 
yeah, you know, it was um, it was right at the end of my junior year, okay. and then so going into my senior year. So yeah, I mean, okay. and then a year later I graduated, right? Um, so you know, my senior year it was uh, I I was fortunate to be around a community of people that was very supportive, and I had a, a close circle of friends that I could rely on that, even though they didn't understand what I was going through, they were they were great listeners, they were great people, you know, their parents were great people. Um, and that really helped me out. You know, that really, um, you know, I felt like I could still kind of be me. I mean, there were still tough times. Like I, you know, sometimes, especially those first couple of days back at school, I, you know, I felt like everybody was looking at me. I felt like all eyes were on me, even though they probably weren't, you know, but that, mm-hmm. that just kind of how it felt like integrating back into, you know, my new normal. Cause you know, you never bounce back. You never bounce back from losing one. But, um, you know, I would say the people that that were around me were my biggest, um, my biggest assets, my biggest allies in um, allowing me to still be myself and still try to figure out the complexities of all the things I was going through um, internally. Okay, so now I see that you're an elite basketball coach. I want to talk a little bit sports real quick. You're an elite basketball coach. Did you play sports in high school as well? Oh, I probably as a child all the way up. Yeah, yeah, I played bat. I played high school basketball. Um, okay. I did, and uh, you know the one thing though that that I regret is that I allowed other people, um, other high school kids to determine my success. I mean, I, I was worried about what they thought. Oh. I was worried about you know, and so as a as a fifteen, sixteen, seventeen year old, sometimes man, you're just trying to trying to fit in. You know, right. unfortunately for me, I. I limit myself because of that. And, you know, so then when I got into college, I went to a big school, Missouri State. And, um, okay. you know, so I, I didn't play in college. But after I graduated, I would play pickup a lot. People were like, hey, man, where did you play in college? And I was like, I didn't play in college. And that kind of, like, made me realize, like, I could have, you know, right. if I would have stuck with it. I, I had to, not maybe, like, NAI level. Not not like I wasn't going to be a Division One. I. I didn't have the size for that. But. I could have played, you know, beyond that. Right. Um, and so that's another thing that I uh, think about now. How did I, how could I uh, give it back? And it was, it was coaching and encouraging kids to, to follow their dreams and not worry so much about the outside noise. Now you hit something very uh, personal to me because that's how it was with me with baseball as well. Um, I could have went on and pay, played um, in college. However, the outside noise became so draining to me in high school that I just gave it up. I quit. It was my love, though. It was my passion. And that is one of the things that I encourage young people today as well. Like, you know, focus on what it is that you have been called, created, and designed to do. Focus on what you love and don't allow those outside voices to be so influential. Now, staying right there on that subject, because it's not even just young people that deal with the influence of outside voices. We face that as adults as well. Right now we're in the middle of a pandemic. Well, I don't know if we're closer to the end. I don't know where exactly we are right now. But what I've been encouraging people to do with a lot of this time is focus on some of those dreams and and, and visions and aspirations that you had, that creative side of you. What are what is some advice you would give to some individuals? Now they have all this time on their hands, they are so gifted and talented, but yet they've 
just kind of stop dreaming. It's like, I got to put that to the side because I have to do this and I have to do that. This is expected of me, so I should do that. What would you say to individuals like that? Are you thinking of selling or buying your dream home? Then contact Harrison Domerkin, the people's agent. As a licensed realtor in both Delaware and Maryland, Harrison desires to help you sell or buy your home. And he promises you that your experience with him will be great. Call or text him today at 302 260-0659 or email him at Harrison Domerkent at gmail.com I would say the ultimate freedom in life is is following what you what your heart what you truly desire. And because that and then when you find that life just flows like you know me being on podcast me speaking to me um you know i'm i'm developing i'm actually using my creativity me and a colleague are developing a program to teach essential life skills through sports and it's because something that we believe in um we believe that the power of sports the power it can have on you if it's done in a way that you know teaches essential life skills um after they're done playing and so I would say, man, like, what better time? Like, if you have, if you are just at home or whatever, like, you know, don't feel sorry for yourself. This is the time to maybe follow your dreams, follow your passions. Um, this is maybe a time to explore. Like, you know what? If you, if you got laid off on your job, maybe sometimes life gives you signs that, hey, this wasn't working. This is what didn't what you want to do anyways. Now go for what you really want to go for. Absolutely. I totally agree there. Now you are an educator. So how does an educator become a best-selling author as well? I mean, I know it's possible because you're an educator, but how did you have even the desire to get into writing? You know, it was my, uh, so I was actually um, on a flight to Ohio and it's like almost like Eastern Ohio, so more more rural, and I was by myself. Uh, I was driving to, to to lead a basketball camp, actually, and you know I had the I like sometimes I like to just have the radio off and it's just silence and just in my own thoughts, and you know I got the message of right, you know, just that, that little that little intuitive voice in your head said right. And at first I was like okay, you know, whatever, but it just kept like a little repeated over like over the next couple months, and I was like. I told my wife, I was like, I think I'm supposed to write a book. And she was like, do you know how to do that? I'm like, <laughs> nope, I don't. I don't know how to do it. But I, th but I think, I feel like I'm supposed to write a book. And she was like, okay, well. And so I just started typing, quite frankly, you know. And, um, and it, it was a process. And it was, uh, you know, sometimes it was late nights, early mornings. Um, but uh, when I got into it and you got into the words just came to me, you know. And I just and, a uh, mentor of mine, she, she just said, you know, you just got to type. You just got to, you know, make yourself do it. It's, it's a discipline that you just got to learn. And I was like, okay, well, I'll, I'll just see how it goes. And, um, 
you know, I was, uh, I just kept going and it, it kept coming. And I, I, I used my imagination too. I, I, I imagined it being on a bookshelf. Yeah. And that there, you know, that was like, it kind of kept me going. It made me believe it because I kind of, and then, you know, the, the title came and then like the perfect, like the picture came. I was like, oh, that, that just resonates like, with what my message should be. And then, you know, and, and I wrote it with, and, and, and Cliff, I wrote it with this intention in mind that if one person read it and they were impacted by it, then it was worth it. If, if one person, you know, and for me, it was the most healing experience I'd ever done because I got out all of those emotions that I held in for so long, um, just typing it out. And I felt so much freedom, so much relief. And even if nobody read it, this, the, the freedom I felt from sharing my story and typing it out um, was uh, was was definitely like you know a big part of, the, of why I wrote it as well. Awesome, you said so much within that that I want to unpack some of that. First thing that stuck out to me stuck out to me. It's one of my trigger words is you used your imagination, and I feel like sometimes when we become adults we lose that sense of imagination. Often in my uh, coaching sessions, I make uh, my clients or encourage my clients to close your eyes and go back to second grade. When your teacher asks you, what did you want to be in life? What did you say? And I take them back through a journey of imagination to help them reconnect with their imagination so that they can begin to see things that kind of they wouldn't see because of things they've experienced in life. And you would basically, I looked at it as visualization. I, I love when we visualize things. Once we visualize it and start to see it, then it makes it easy for us to manifest, easier for it to manifest in our lives. Have you always been a person of imagination and able to see things before they actually manifest it in your life? You know, I think back in a few times, and, and I'm actually a big baseball fan as well. Uh, and I would imagine like the guy getting hit or, or hitting a home run and then it would happen. I was like, whoa, like yeah. I just thought about this in my head. And then I saw and I just watched it on TV. You know, like uh, a cool example was the 2011 World Series. I'm a big Cardinals fan. And I was like, okay, I don't know how they're going to do this, but I think they're going to win. Mm. And and I and like, you know, they were down to the last strike like three yeah. times in game six. Yeah. And it ended up being like, went down as like the second greatest world series game ever. And I was actually at the game. Oh, wow. And okay. it was, uh, you know, but, but yeah, so there were like little like trinkets of, of time that would happen in my life where I was like, I just, that just went in my head that I just imagined it. And then it happened. I was like, so it's kind of like, you know, little clues at how powerful your imagination can be. Yes. And so, you know, now I, I start using it all the time about things that I think that resonate with me, that can help people. Um, people that I want to meet, people that I want to, you know, interact with, it, um, or people like that, or better. I always say my imagination, um, you know, allow somebody to help me impact the world that could be on a higher platform or better, you know, because I don't yeah. want to close off or, you know, tunnel vision myself. You know, I believe in open-mindedness, allowing, uh, you know, things to come to me that are supposed to at the right time. I totally agree with that as well. Totally agree. Then the second thing you said, you're saying so much. <laughs> this is good. The second thing that you said, and this is something I, I encourage individuals to do as well, is that you just started typing. 
and it just started coming out of you. It just started coming out of you. So many times people never put their finger to the keyboard, pen to the paper, pencil to the paper, however they're writing, because it stays all up in here because it's, I, I don't know how to publish the book. I don't know how to create my cover. I don't know how to market my book. And it's like, oh, slow down. Let's just write and begin the process. Was that, you talked about it being, you know, therapeutic for you, you know, it was like you lifted, you and let all of those emotions out that have been inside of you. But also, as you begin to write and begin to take the steps that you were able to do, did you find yourself being connected with individuals that were able to help you with processes that you may not have understood? Yeah, I mean, like, you know, what I learned through that is, is it's the how is not what is what you should be focusing on. It's the, it's the, the I'll just enjoy the process. And then, you know, if you believe that you can, you can do it, then you almost kind of see it as like, this is going to be fun to see how this turns out. And now as I look back, you're like, oh, that's why that person gave them that. Oh, okay. This is, and, and, and like the pieces just kind of, you just kind of put it together. As you look back, you know, it's, uh, it's called like the reverse gap. Like you just, you just kind of take a little hindsight. You kind of think back like, now I see, and that kind of gives you more faith moving forward because you're not worried about the how. You're just like, you know, I'm going to go do this. And it'll be fun to see how it plays out. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, once you wrote your book, you get notified that you are Amazon bestseller. What was your original response to that? Um, I, uh, I told my wife first. I was like, I made it. You know, I, I did it. You know, yeah. it, it was and it was actually like uh, about six months afterwards. And, uh, you know, I got connected with a lady and she has her. She that's what she does. She helps authors become bestsellers. And I was like, I want to be a bestseller. Like, not, not, like whenever I want something, I just I don't worry about the how. I just like, what do I have to do? Uh, and then everything comes when you need it. And so I was actually one spot ahead of a C.S. Lewis book for a little while. I was I was 26 and it was 27. I was like, now that I took a screenshot of it. And I was like, mm -hmm. that is that's pretty cool. Um, and it's it was again it was a, a moment that it increased my faith and belief my abilities that I can do whatever I put my mind to and and use my willpower that you know so many things were possible and it just opened up that faith even more um whenever i whenever i saw that i made it on the bestsellers list and i want the reason why i brought that up is because uh we were talking before we came on the air you were talking about being from a small town and i believe that sometimes and i used to have a small town mentality as well like i kind of until i started going out and exploring life I realized how closed-minded my mind was, and I didn't think that becoming an Amazon bestseller was a possibility. I didn't think a podcast or a radio show was a possibility. I didn't think giving speeches, uh, whether virtually or physically, to crowds was a possibility because, after all, I came from this small town. I don't have a big name, so I just wanted you to share that moment with everybody to understand that Although you come from a small town, there's still greatness inside of you. So that's what I wanted, uh, why I wanted you to share that for the listeners that were out there listening to understand that just do it. 
I always yeah. tell people like Nike said, just do it, whatever yeah. it is, do it, you know, do it. And like you said, as you do it, the right connections will begin to come into your life. Yeah, you know, and uh, a lot of it is, uh, what I realized is it's self-image, it's how you see yourself. You know, it's like, it doesn't matter where you're from. It really doesn't. It doesn't matter what your name is. I mean, you know, because since I came from a small town, my, my family's great, my community is great. They were all supportive. But like you said, you know, they were, it's like, you know, this is what we do. And I was like, ah, I'm going to go to a bigger college in, in Missouri State. Springfield is a bigger town. I live in Kansas City, Missouri, which is a bigger town, you know, so in a lot of ways, I've, I've, I've molded my own path and done my different thing, but I, I'm excited about it. And I felt yeah. like, you know what, you can, and what, what kind of helped me believe this was my, my neighbor growing up pitched in the major leagues. He was a closer okay. for the Blue Jays. Okay. So I was like, well, if he could, if he can do that from a small Sweet. town, then maybe yeah. I can do something as well, you know? Uh, so that kind of like having him there, like seeing him on TV when I was eight years old, I'm like, my next door neighbor is pitching in the World Series right now in a town of 800 wow. people. Yeah. I, why can't I do something cool like that? Absolutely. Absolutely. So what are some, uh, you talked about you guys have, uh, the, we're going to take basketball with the life skills and intertwine those. What are some other projects you have coming up? Uh, you know, I, um, uh, I'm a big believer in, uh, personal growth and, and changing the workplace through personal growth. So, um, you know, there's some things that I'm putting together that I've studied that I've learned that, that increase productivity at work because they increase camaraderie at work. They, they, oh. they, you know, it's more about, it's more about connecting with people and it's not so much about what you're doing per se. It's more about, um, you know, making, making work more flexible, making, making work more of your passion, you know, because, you know, um, I heard it this way, like, you, um, hard work, um, and plus desire equals like your passion for what you're doing, but hard work and things you don't want to do, that's stress. So a lot, and, and think about this, 85% of people are not fulfilled in their job. That's why we're all stressed yes. out. That's why we're all stressed out because yes. we're, because Five out of six people are doing something they don't want to do. Right. That's a lot of people. That's that a, lot a lot of people. You know? And that's why everybody's so stressed because there's something that they probably really want to do that's inside of them that they know, but there, there's fear and like that. They don't know where the money's going to come from or they, you know, they feel like they've been there for 20 years and that's all they're supposed to be doing. But the reality is like, you hate doing it, you know, like over time, figure out how you're going to supplement it and then, and then go do what you feel like you're supposed to do. Anthony Baker Jr. is the CEO of a nonprofit community organization called Helping the Homeless. As an organization, they are committed to changing lives and making others smile. In addition to providing hands-on services for the homeless community all over Philadelphia, they also have a Big Brothers Mentoring Program where participating youth are taught the value of giving back to their community. To learn more about the organization, call 
487-487-8589 or email them at philly at gmail.com. I like what you said there, um, you know, because some people say just quit. But I like what you said. You were like, figure out how to supplement it and then go from there. Develop your plan, your strategy, and then make a move. So got a question for you as well with that. How did you know or uh, at what point did you know that you wanted to be more than a teacher? Now, you're a teacher. Being a teacher is something that's great. You are shaping and molding the future. Well, the present, basically, you know, but for our future as well. But how did you know, like, what was it that burned inside of you to tell you, I got to be doing more than this? You know, I, I'm a big believer in quieting my mind and, uh, you know, really trying to listen to intuition. And sometimes I'll get, like, cool messages that I know are not from me. And one of them was teach to the masses, not just the classes. And I was like, and chills like went down. I I just got chills saying it again. And I was like, and it and when something like scares me and excites me at the same time, I know like that's like the right direction to go. I, I don't know if you've ever felt that, but it's like, yeah. oh, that's exciting. Like, oh, that's oh, that's out of my comfort zone. At the same, mm-hmm. but I was like, okay, that's where I gotta go. You know. Eventually, and then eventually, you know, it's like. If you take one small step towards it, that's the faith, and then things just start happening like that. Like you, and it, it's it's funny people think like, well, what do you mean they just start happening? And you, and until you actually like walk through it, it's it's undescribable. You can't even explain it to it, quite honestly. Absolutely, like you said, and and I think that that's the faith side of it because sometimes I, I've been stuck in situations like this where I like to know. A through Z before I make a move. Well, that's not how faith or purpose works, <laughs> you know, right. yeah, because, yeah. you know, sometimes I like to move A, B, C, D, but faith will say go A to Q to R back to B to D to, you know, it's sometimes it seems as if it's all over the place, but it ends up all working together. Now you talked about faith. How important is faith in your own personal life, in your own personal journey? Well, you know, even, and, and let me back up first before, even mm-hmm. before I was able to get to faith, I had to understand what forgiveness was. Because mm-hmm. for, without forgiveness, you know, faith is just gets deflected because there's no open space for it. Um, so, and to me, forgiveness is this, it's, it's freeing yourself from the, from the things that are holding you back. The, and I, and I like the, the, the internal angst, the internal tension that's, that's keeping you from, allowing yourself to walk into a space of faith because a lot of times we, you know, I don't know, it could be something as simple as like somebody cuts you off in traffic and then you start, you know, road rage and then you get, you feel like you're tense <laughs> all day. It's like, but for me, it was, it was forgiving my dad for, for what had happened. You know, it's, it's like trying to get to a space of how can I step forward without, you know, feeling like I was abandoned or feeling like I was angry or, you know, confused, uh, overwhelmed. You know, how do I let those feelings go? It's it's through forgiveness. You know, you don't you don't ever forget what happened, but you allow you let it go 
and and you don't and it's not like you just allow people to walk over you either. That's not what freedom is either. Like you still hold you still hold up for yourself, that kind of thing. But you walk in more confident knowing that nothing can can hold you down. And then you can step into a place of faith. Then that was good because I, I I'm glad you brought up the forgiveness aspect because I think that sometimes that is one of the things that holds a lot of us back, even if we may be able to forgive others, forgiving ourselves for decisions that we have made that we feel we were above or decisions that were beneath us. So I'm glad you hit that forgiveness aspect because I believe that that's one of the major things that holds a lot of people back. Yeah, you know, we're, we are so hard on ourselves. And I, I know yeah. I have been in the past yeah. too. It's like, you know what, man, if, if you did the best you could do and if you felt like you just tried your best, then it's okay if you didn't get everything on your to-do list done, or it's okay mm -hmm. if things didn't work out how you initially hoped they would, but maybe they worked out how they were supposed to. You know what I mean? Like maybe it was something that, okay, did you really want what you said you did? And sometimes that's where challenges come in too. You know what I mean? It's like it's almost like a test. Like, are you sure you really want this? Okay, well let's, let's go through this. Let's build a little resiliency and see if see if you really want. It. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. That, that's it right now. Do we really want what we say that we want? And are we willing to position ourselves to receive what we say we want? That's good. Now, looking at where we are, you know, as a country, as a world right now, this is the what now moments. What are two, I guess, strategies you would give individuals for embracing the new norm? You talked about the new norm embracing the new norm and being willing to move forward from here so that they can be successful? Um, I think it's asking yourself, what do you want out of life? What do you, what do you, what do you truly desire? And also what resonates with you? You know, because you could want something, but it might not be on the path that you're supposed to go. You know, because there's, there's a lot of different avenues. But when you walk into a place of things that resonate, and, and, and you've been there, like things like just, come easy to you things that come easy to you mm -hmm. those are kind of your signs like maybe i should be doing that maybe that's my path i should be going maybe i should explore that a little bit more and things that are hard things like you feel like you're you're like pounding your head against the wall but you're not getting anywhere you're working hard you're working hard but it seems like you're like on a hamster wheel like you're spinning maybe again sometimes it's self-reflection just like analyzing your life and seeing like hey what what's flowing well what's working what what is easy for me what comes easy to me what comes naturally and what is what is so stinking hard but i can still keep trying to get it <laughs> so i think self-reflection is, is key here okay you know? um and then that allowing yourself to walk into a space of, of what resonates with you um you know just just going for it and see what happens awesome now before we go i want you to give everybody your contact information as it relates to your social media platforms, your website, the name of your book, where they can purchase your book, the services you offer, as much information about you as possible. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, my best platform is on uh, LinkedIn. Um, I'm on I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. You know, you can contact me all through those things. I'm also a certified thought coach, which means I can help people 
understand the origins of the thoughts because you know cliff we have seventy thousand thoughts a day and think about this 90 percent of those thoughts are repeated daily so if you're thinking negative you're repeating 90 percent of those thoughts a day and then on top of that negative thoughts are 40 to 70 times more powerful than a positive thought. so how do we flip that not only thinking positively but feeling positively about that and and then so we can be in a place where we can go and act positively um, from that you know what i mean so it's so as a, as a certified thought coach i work with people to help them you know pull out those pull out those weeds of negativity get them by the root so you can open a place where you can fill in the you know the positivity to allow that to grow um, kind of using like the garden mentality or the garden uh you know similar yeah but um but yeah, so actually, I'm on all the all the social media platforms uh, right now. Where, and, uh, where you can find me. and my book is on Amazon. It's uh, you know, Shattered by Suicide, Renewed by Resilience: How to Move Forward After Being Left Behind. Uh, and it's also ebook, and it's also on uh, Audible as an audio book as well. Awesome, awesome. Now we didn't get to talk. Let's start talk about this thought thing real quick <laughs> because that is so powerful though that is really so powerful about uh i just had this conversation with somebody today about finding effective ways you know to deal with those negative thoughts that we constantly think that are constantly nagging us whether they become from uh whether they come from us internally or externally as well and how to replace those thoughts so that's great that you brought all of that stuff up but what would you say to a person how do they know that they need to reach out to a thought coach um i would ask them are they getting the results that they, that they want are they are they feeling fulfilled you know what what are the results they are getting do they and, and even even are they getting closer to the results that they want you know, do they see a at least a like uh, a growth or a trajectory to where they're at least getting there? You know, if they're not, uh, if they're not getting the fulfillment in every area of life, we're talking, you know, health, spirituality, we're talking, you know, uh, relationships, we're talking professional life. You know, those pillars. If you can look at any of those four pillars and like, you know what, I'm not getting what I want in this area of my life. Uh, you know, that's kind of where you kind of like can see, oh, okay, maybe I could use some help pulling out those. Because a lot of those thoughts are implanted from other things. They're not even our own thoughts. They're other people's thoughts that Absolutely. are projected onto us. I totally agree. Totally agree. That is awesome. So I apologize, my niece. <laughs> She's <laughs> trying to get into the room. But listen, I want to thank you for joining us on tonight, Jason. Thank you for sharing so freely with our listening audience. We appreciate you and value what you are doing to change this world and help create a better world for each and every one of us. But I want to ask you one more question before we go off the air. And that question is, if everybody was to forget everything that you said on tonight, what would be one thing that you would want them to take away from this conversation? Um, you know, right now with the pandemic, you know, that you want to say, Give life a chance to be better. I know a lot of people are going through some hard times right now, but for every negative thing, 
or every, there's an equal and opposite positive thing. So, you know, sometimes you just gotta, you just gotta bear down and you gotta face it and you gotta, you know, just let things play out and, and believe that things will get better. So that's where that positive optimism comes. You know, doesn't mean you have to be happy all the time. Doesn't mean you have to go around pretend like everything's okay, but just believe that, hey, you know what? Today was tough, but tomorrow has a chance to get better. And the next day has a chance to get even better after that. Um, so that would be the, the, the main takeaway, I would say. If I could have, you know, anybody you know, take something away from this, it would be to, you know, just allow things to get better and give it a chance. Awesome. Again, I thank you for joining us on tonight. I thank each and every one of you for listening to the podcast. If you enjoyed the podcast, I want you to text me at 302-648-5544. And what I want you to text me is positive thoughts, positive thoughts, text positive thoughts to that number, just to let me know you enjoyed the podcast. Also, I want you to visit Jason's website, uh, connect with him on social media platforms, and invest in your now to produce the future that you desire, the future that's connected to your purpose by purchasing a copy of his book. As I always say, guys, create a great day, walk with purpose, and by all means, execute your vision. Peace. Many people define stagnation as not producing or being at a standstill. I get it. However, I would like to add a little weight to the definition and say that I may be producing. I may be moving. However, my production and my movements are disrespectful to the purpose that's inside of me to the greatness that's inside of me if that's going on that's stagnation as well and that's okay guess why because i have developed a tool i wrote a book called from stagnation to transformation and that book was written specifically for individuals that feel stuck that feel lost that feel like they're just wandering in the wilderness, that feel like they just, I need something is just missing. It's okay. I want you to head over to www.cliftonpettyjohn.com forward slash transformation. There you're going to find a complimentary portion of the book. That's right. A complimentary portion of the book. I want you to read that portion. After that, it's going to ignite such a fire inside of you that you're going to want to purchase the your personal copy of From Stagnation to Transformation. So I want you to do that as well. Why? Because I believe that it'll give you a 21 day jumpstart to fulfilling or re-identifying purpose in whatever core area you find yourself stagnant in. So again, visit www.cliftonpettyjohn.com forward slash transformation.